0: Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Ryan. And on this episode, we're going to do some games of late. We're going to do some... Uh, we're not even going to do some news. Ryan, what are we doing? This is a special episode.
1: We are... <laughs> Happy New Year's, folks. We're going to look back on the year that was 2021. <laughs> Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by
0: Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They're the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada. And they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing stories, amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture, games of late.
1: Uh, Ryan, take it away. Sure. So, I had all of the good intentions to start (laughs) streaming this game on the Wednesday night stream but realized that my logistics were just not going to be quite there. So what I've been playing lately is Arkham Horror, the card game, my favorite game of all time, and the newest expansion, Edge of the Earth, which made it onto the What You've Been Playing Wednesday episode as one of my biggest surprises of 2021, which is mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight Games actually finally listened <laughs> to the consumers and said, we don't want to buy the deluxe expansion and then six monthly packs. Just, you know, we're going to buy it anyways. <laughs> we're put it all in one big box. And well, they didn't put it all in one big box, they put it into two boxes. Mm-hmm. If you want the campaign and just the campaign, you don't want no more player cards, you can buy that. Yeah. Or you don't want the campaign, but you want more player cards to do your deck building, you can just buy that. Of course, I bought both. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of course, and I did an unboxing, which is apparently our most popular video on our YouTube channel with almost 500 views at this point, people go gaga for bananas for Arkham Horror stuff. So um, I'm not going to get too much into it because there is lots of spoilers because it is a campaign narrative storytelling, but man, all I can say is that this is the most ambitious project. Uh, for the Arkham Horror card game that um, I have seen since I've played all of the scenarios, uh, sorry, all of the campaigns so far. Mm-hmm. And this one is by far the most narrative-driven out of all of them. And they they carry a strong narrative across the different campaigns. But this one, just before you even get to playing the first scenario, you're reading about three or four pages of text Cool, setting the setting the tone and there is a lot of arkham horror fans uh hp lovecraft fans out Mm -hmm. there knowing that hey this is taking place in the antarctic and this is heavily influenced by the um mountain of madness story that he that he released and that one is a it's a very popular Mm -hmm. um story i believe there's even been movies there's been lots of movies adaptations and stuff Yeah. yeah for sure it um yeah i've played the first scenario which is actually another new interesting thing that they've done is that there is one scenario it's kind of like three scenarios built into one Mm -hmm. there are these what they call kind of like they call them checkpoints so that you can if you want to you can just kind of pack up the game at that point and carry it on a little bit later it almost feels like three separate scenarios, oh, cool. but all as just one big, bigger scenario. And I really like this one too, because when you're doing the narrative piece, there are effects to the gameplay, depending on which passages kind of like the choose your own adventure. Oh, thing. nice. There are things that happen. You add things to the chaos bag, or you have to actually get oh, rid cool. of cards out of the campaign. Like those cards aren't going to appear in the campaign depending on the choices that you have made. That's awesome. It's been really cool. Now, the reason why I haven't put them on stream is because the maps, (laughs) I kind of mentioned this to you. You're telling me. The maps are actually, at least the very first one was exponentially larger than (laughs) lots of other maps that are out there. And just the way that some can, some locations are connected to others makes it like, I have the pathway markers, and you. I kind of needed those because, man. Okay, this one's connected to that one, but it's not connected to that one. But You're it's gonna connected need, to. Yeah. <laughs> you need some yarn. Yeah, <laughs> mind map it all over the place. It'd be like a CSI. Um, yeah, I'm playing with two new investigators from the um, Investigator Expansion. Um, there's Lily Chen. She's a Mystic, but she also is kind of like a Guardian Fighter mm-hmm. type of deal, and then. <laughs> I picked this other guy because his name is awesome. It's Monterey Jack. (laughs) And the, the, the build that I found for him kind of, he's, he's the guy that's going to go around getting the clues where Lily, she's going to be the person beating up the monsters. All right. This this
0: is such a cool storytelling uh, adaptation. Like we had been talking about that idea of, of how the, 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 the games have been going more narrative driven and more
1: bolder in regards to these choices. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, Edge of the Earth, I'm really digging it. I can't wait to get into more. Um, yeah. The campaign is it's 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 ambitious. It's <laughs> and it's got a very nice. Um, they've spiral bound the book with all yeah. the scenarios together. So yeah. Now they're gonna re-release all of the other the older campaigns i believe in this model where now if you missed out on say like the dunwich legacy which is one that has been very hard to find or at least you can pick up pieces here and there um early 2022 here they're going to be releasing the campaign expansion so cool. you buy all the campaign and then they're also going to release all of the player cards as a separate expansion so they're gonna i think they're going to continue this yeah. release i saw uh, that model
0: Because I have the old base game, and you were saying, wait, hold off, because they're going to start dropping these these bundles out. Yeah. Nice. And they're going to start doing it with Lord
1: of the Rings. (gasps) Yay. Now you're talking my language. Which, if they're going to do this, because I've completely missed out on Lord of the Rings. There's so many. But if they're going to do this, well, what's just one more living card game? Hey. Yeah, yeah exactly well it's just be, one more you got the model down well and I mean you're talking about this so
0: much and and uh, driving the idea of this choose your own adventure thing that that I actually have been motivated to uh, to uh, take the cellophane off my game and start learning it so that you and I can do some uh, do some uh, Arkham horror online yeah yeah I, I have a, I, I think I have the space where I can host that thing so Yay. yeah I've, I've seen your space yes. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah, and I'm a carpenter, so if I need more space, I'll just build a bigger build table. More. I'll build. I'll
1: build a bigger table. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, cool. I'm still
1: competing. I'm still competing with all my wife's work stuff <laughs> all, all over the table here. Well,
0: and she works from home, so she's got precedence. <laughs> yes.
1: yes, she
0: does. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Ball on 8th Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area, Dragons Den Games, Louis the Mall on Eighth Street in Saskatoon. Cool. Well, um, I uh, well, I've been super busy because uh, obviously we're talking about this coming out Chris, uh, New Year's. That uh, over Christmas break, I've been knocking out a lot of carving. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I think you've been seeing on Twitter, some, some of the stuff been popping out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I still had to get some gaming in. So I went to, uh, one of my favorite designers and, uh, interestingly enough, we're going to talk about some of our faves this year. And, and, uh, this guy pops up, uh, more than once on my list and that's Martin Wallace. And I played Australia. Oz, and Oz-tralia. here's Australia. and here's the really funny connection that I didn't even think about. This <laughs> is Cthulhu as well. Yeah. This is that tie in with the, a study in Emerald, which is, uh, I, I like to think that this is the act one, act two kind of thing. And um, yeah, Martin Wallace, it's, it's, what can you say? There's like tiles, trains, um, uh, Cthulhu monsters, um, and uh, it's
1: Martin Wallace. So, wait, wait, Which is usually not a thing that you associate Martin Wallace with, that's, Cthulhu monster. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that is the thing. It's
0: like usually trains, and then this one is like, okay, there is trains, and there are these uh, these Lovecraftian Cthulhu monsters. But um, yeah, there's and again understanding that I'm I'm knocking it out with the solo play, which is really really good. They have such a good uh, um, AI deck that uh, that does a great job at. Um, um, mimicking the the momentum and the game system operation of the board and uh, i should get into talking about like you know solo games that do it well kind of thing and this is one of them uh because i am routinely getting my butt handed to me it's like it is uh it's one of those (laughs) like any solo game there's only there's there's a lot of ways to lose and there's only one way to win and this one is It's not necessarily my favorite way to win because it's a point-driven thing. But in this case, my point score, I'm competing with the Cthulhu uh, Monsters point score. So I I have to approach it in such a manner that I, once the map is revealed and once the resources are in place, it's one of those CSI boards where you're looking at it going, well, if I move my train in here because I have to get my train to acquire these resources, and and there's farms to build that generate even more like it's that whole interconnectivity that that he has. Um, what surprises me the most is that uh, that it's not a card driven game, which he's pretty identified with. It is uh, the cards and that in that game are just uh, individuals that uh, asymmetrically change your your, I guess, farm approach. So, yeah. And I'm not usually like, I'm not driven a lot by the Cthulhu stuff because that's not a, a genre that I've ever been into. But uh, once I you know, looked at the stories and all the, the original material right away, like you said, the adaptations, I'm like, well, these three movies are based on this story. And this, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I have been consuming Lovecraft without knowing I've been consuming Lovecraft. So, yeah. Interesting. I, I, yeah, if you, interesting if, game. If uh, you, you look, like, yeah, if this uh, if this piques your interest, and there's two boards. There's a there's a standard board, and there is a I like to call it the
1: nightmare side. Yeah. <laughs> so now, yeah, kind of kind of looks like one half is like the eastern part mm-hmm. of Australia, and the other part is the western part of Australia. Yeah. Can you put the two boards together to make like Mega Australia? Oh, oh you have, have to peel I, the paper off. Oh, oh, okay, it's double sided. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um,
0: uh, you know, I don't think you'd want to do that because you would definitely, you know, falling in line with the with the Cthulhu theme, you would definitely go mad. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, Australia and my one of my favorite Martin Wallace uh, um, as designer, and this one was, uh, I think this is. Um, I was, I was going to say uh, Stronghold. Yeah, Stronghold brought it out in their
1: designer series. Oh, so. yes. The, the, the famous, hey, if you're not part of this series, you're not a great designer. I know. <laughs> that, that, was, that
0: was so used car salesman. It was kind of like, <sighs> oh, okay, well, I'll buy it anyways. Those Stronghold Martin games
1: Hall's. attempt at... Um, Making a series the, the, or something. Yeah, the, the the FOMO of, hey, line them all up and you've got the great designer series, one through... X. Yeah. I don't know how many they were, They how I'm much not, they made. I'm not going to poo poo
0: that behavior because if you look right here, I've got like spelled 10, 11, 12, 13. <laughs> yeah, well, at least Just like at least, you. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So cool. Hi. If you like the content we're creating and the podcast episodes we're producing, please leave a happy rating on the podcast platform that you use. This would be such a great gift and would also help others find our podcast when they search for board game podcasts. And if you have the time, check out our new YouTube channel where we have new content every few days. Just search Bridge City Board Gamers on YouTube. Thanks, eh? And welcome back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're gonna go into the looking back on 2021, a year in review. Ryan, you popped down the uh, the four categories. Why don't you why don't you uh, bust
1: this open um, for us? Sure, yeah, because um, much much to the dismay, like much to our dismay, like there were actually lots of stuff that still came out in <laughs> 2021, even though we are still dealing with a global pandemic, and yeah. then there was all that stuff that came about with the shipping. Issues like all started off with that the the, the container ship that blocked the one canal, oh, the Panama Canal like, fiasco, and, yeah, and that and then that started off, and then there all of a sudden it's still pandemic times, and people these ship ports, these ports are not are being like there's no labor, like yeah. the supply chain, the labor shortages in the supply chain just started bleh, collapsing. Yeah, but still, <laughs> lots of stuff still eventually made it into way into consumers' hands, and mm-hmm. you know Canada, we're usually the end of the supply chain. Yeah, everything everything goes to the Americas first, and then then up. But everything still eventually we still end up getting in quite a few. I still end up playing quite a few um, 2021 um, I know. releases. I know more than I, when I was looking at them when I just populated that list on Board Game Geek. I was like, oh yeah, I played that. Oh yeah, I played that. Oh, yeah. exactly. Enough that I could actually make a top yeah. 10 at the end of this episode. Cool. So um, yeah, I just kind of spewed out some points. So um, maybe we want to go with um, our favorite new to us. So not yeah. necessarily a 2021 game, but a, a game that we played in 2021 that was new to us that we kind of like, you know what? really, really grabbed us. Yeah. You, you could have the subtitle
0: Our, sh- our Shelf of Shame. <laughs>
1: right? Because <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what happened with my favorite one. So yeah, you start us off, man. Okay. Well, mine was ne- necessarily a Shelf of Shame one, <laughs> but it was a game that was released quite a while ago, 2015-2016. And it got re-released this year. And I'm talking about Ashes Reborn, Rise of the Phoenix Born, which um, I did a, wh- why I fell in love with it was because um, I had picked it up. I think I had sold or I had traded off a whole bunch of Dragon Ball uh, super cards to 401 games and I got mm-hmm. a massive amount of credit. And then I saw that they were bringing in the Ashes Reborn lineup. And so I spent off my credit <laughs> I said, I'm going to, I'll just buy it all. Yeah. I'll just, to trade that credit. Give me. I'll trade flip cards it. in for more cards. Yeah, we'll just, just do it cards. that way. Yeah, and then Rob from the Meeple Dungeon, he had posted on social media that he had also acquired Ashes Reborn, and I was just like, Hey, I just acquired that. <laughs> Let let's get a game. And I heard it plays relatively simple over, like you know, a webcam. Yeah. He's like, Yeah. I'll imagine your best rob yeah let's do that yeah type of thing and yeah we played it one night and we played it one night um just kind of learning the rules with it and we were like oh man this is really good and then we kind of just spot off the idea well let's do it let's do a challenge yeah and then that that spotted off the very that that really kind of spawned the the, the live stream on wednesday nights because yeah. that was the only night that we were free uh-huh. and then we did a best of seven starting in the summertime and man did we fall in love with the gameplay and i reviewed it back episode if i would have looked in the ahead of time episode something a while ago um reviewed it absolutely adored it ashes reborn. um it it's probably my favorite dueling card game like at this point period cool cool so, yeah and the dice everything's with the dice <laughs> a little froth came out
0: um yeah. uh, i got to play and i'm so glad that uh dave and jordan were were uh, up to play in this but uh a war of whispers um and uh, this one is published by Starling Games and designed by Jeremy uh, Stolzfus, I think. Mm. And um, this one is because of, and, and this is that nostalgic part of me because of that that long that long uh, uh, streak of playing um, uh, Risk uh, old old school with a with a group of friends. And uh, this one is it's kind of like Risk where there's a global uh, uh, environment or area control but you're not the countries you're actually it's a war of whispers sir you're the you're the advisors in the background that are quietly whispering in all the leaders ears to try to motivate them to do something because uh you have in front of you on your on your player board um little little discs that are kind of wager discs and from left to right you have uh city times five and then the next slot is city times four and all the way down to minus one kind of scenario and how it works is whatever there's five five factions on the board and um the 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 way that you random the, the random placement of these multipliers kind of shows you who you have to start whispering to just start moving around on the board now how all of this works it's very recipe-like and i love it because it's four rounds it's fast it's it's so uh incredibly kind of shifting and tactical and and, and in in a three you know three moves everything has changed because as it goes around each uh country on the board has four positions and each of those four positions represents how you can manipulate the area control on the board and how you can get these really cool uh, faction cards that are rule breaker cards. And, and anytime you have like rule breaker cards, oh, that sends a game into some chaotic directions. And uh, so yeah, without going into like a review, uh, this game uh, met all of my expectations when I did my research on it. And, and what I love about this game is that one of the major components on this game are the players at the table because you need to read, meta-read their body language on who are you who are you pushing for? And if you are, well, what you know, what kind of you know, how am I gonna play you in this? And how am I gonna so a lot of the time we played a three-player game? It was great because it was like watching Dave play and watch every every minute move he did on the board. <laughs> I was analyzing it going. Well, how does that represent what you have as your multipliers? And how is that going to con- conflict with what I have? And, oh, my God, Jordan, now, Jordan, what do you do? Why did you put that there? Why did you move this guy here? It My brain was going into, like, a beautiful <laughs> a beautiful mind, little white stuff going all over the place and b- breaking down algorithms. And then, of course, you know me well enough. The joker part of my brain went, chase the car, right? And I just basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, this was such a pleasant surprise. You have to try this game. I'm, I'm telling you, this will be one of those games where you finish and you'll
1: have beads of sweat coming down. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you've talked about this one quite a few times this year. Mm-hmm. I have to try it. I have to play it. Yeah. I have to try it. Yep. That's a war of whispers. And Starling Games, well done. Well done. Well done, indeed. Yeah. So moving well, on, let's move on. Let, not not to like a, a, like a favorite game, but uh, you know there may have been like a couple stinkers in the year. Oh. And <laughs> so, how about we just kind of briefly let's like, like let's not give it too much attention. No, we'll just but, we'll just we'll 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 let it waft,
0: and then we'll open up the windows and clear the room.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're gonna talk our biggest disappointment of 2021 and i find it funny that we both actually i i had put down two yeah um and then, so i like like we both <laughs> chose the same game so luckily i have a second one yeah you gotta to also up. talk about yeah. um so norm what was your biggest disappointment I'll, I'll, I'll that tell was you also the, one of my yeah. biggest disappointments
0: and it's and it, i think the biggest disappointment is because i love this designer so much and i Every time I sit down to play, hit, you know their game, I'm I'm geared up and I'm ready for this heavy cognitive load of a game. And yeah, and when I played Mercado de Lisboa, it was kind of like, uh. Oh, oh, yeah, really, that's it. That oh. was
1: exactly okay. Our reaction when we played <laughs> it too, where it's like, I'm playing it, and yeah. It it was exactly but it was exactly as advertised. A very quick to teach, quick to play style of game. Yeah. And we were very just left un underwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. It was just
0: it was it was for me, it was one word. Huh. Yeah.
1: That was it. It was uh, really. Yeah. So Mercado okay. de Zalboa by Vitella Serta Eagle Griffin Games. Um, head high hopes. I love Lisboa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. This was, and this was taking like a very small piece of the Lisboa game, kind yeah. of adapting it a little bit into these merchant stands. And yeah, I can see some clever things that it was doing, but yeah, it was just like, okay, um, I feel like there's no interesting choices yeah. on my turn. I've always felt stifled. Well, not even stifle, but it was like, there was always obviously something that I should do. Yeah. And either block Jen or block another player or cash in some big coins. Yeah. It was really never and like if I blocked Jen, it was like, okay, I still scored coins. And this is, this
0: is interesting because for me, I played the solo and, and, and the solo was just like,
1: oh, wow. Really? Okay. Hmm. Like yeah, I said, usually... hmm. <laughs> and these style of games usually do work well with two players, which is our main way. And we were not we were not impressed with the, maybe if we were able to play with more players, maybe it has something, but yeah. No, my one of my biggest disappointments. Yeah, okay, I'm let's move on. Little, we talked too much yeah. about it. <laughs> my other one was actually by a designer that I absolutely adore and love, Stefan Feld. But he came out with a stinker in my eye which was called Coco Pelly by released by queen games. And again, it was just like your reaction after Jen and I had played it a few times, we were just kind of left wondering like, that was it (laughs) or this, that that's all this game is. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like, so we tried it. Like we tried to like it. We probably played it about six or seven times in a three evening span. And then I was just like, I know who's going to like this. And I sold it to Dave. Okay. <laughs> and Dave bought it. Yeah. And he's just like, so yeah. it's not he's... a bad game. It just wasn't for you. It wasn't for us. So it was, yeah. it was but it was disappointing because it was the Stefan Feld game. Yeah. I love Stefan Feld games, but I was just like, yeah, there's, it was just the the biggest disappointment. If a game makes you go, eh. Yeah. Well, maybe sometimes you
0: just drive it up too much and hyped in your head. So, but yeah. Okay. Well, there's are disappointments. Now let's cheer things up.
1: Yeah. Favorite let's, expansion. A, let's expand. <laughs> Favorite expansion of 2021. And of course people are going to know what I'm going to choose in an exp- as an expansion. I thought, did you if, did you talk about this? <laughs> if Fantasy Flight Games is known for anything, it's their expansions for their games. Yeah. Um I talked about it. I talked about one of them already on this episode. Arkham Horror: The Living Card Game Edge of the Earth expansion. Wow. Wow 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 wow. Runner-up here, Marvel Champions, the Mad Titan Shadow campaign, I believe is probably one of the most solid mm-hmm. campaigns that they've gone. I think they're getting better. I really want to see that uh, market system from Galaxy's Most Wanted incorporated yeah. into a campaign expansion. Yeah. But the scenarios that the Mad Titan Shadow incorporated into their game really changed the game. I wasn't yeah. really fired up about the heroes that they did and Warlock and Spectrum. Yeah. Um, even but though it, I, I have the, a... The Mad Titan, sh-
0: sh- like, to me, that, that's the star of the game there is, like, get some yeah. villains out.
1: Yeah. And that Thanos, the Mad Titan himself, is not the main villain of the campaign, which is really, really kind of yeah. cool.
0: When you told me that, it threw me
1: off. Yeah. So <laughs> um, those are my favorite expansions. That came out. Of course, there's a tons of hero packs. If I had to pick a hero pack from um, Marvel oh, geez, Champions yeah. that came out this year, um, Venom was a really, really cool um, hero pack that came out. Cool this year. I, I, I'm gonna have to look at that one. Right on. Um, uh, expansions
0: for me, kind of. I, I had to put a couple down because it was like ah for two different reasons. Um, uh, Intrepid, Michigan Critical and uh South Africa Mini Expansion. Uh I'm not going to get too deep in this one because I might be talking about this game later. But mm. uh in- Intrepid is uh based off of uh you are part of the uh the space station and you are one of the countries that are on the space station. You have a specialty and uh it's kind of a cool engine building cooperative uh, game because there are these events that happen that are um, how, how should we say uh, surviving in space is very difficult. So that being said, many ways to die and, and, and <laughs> difficult ways to survive and keep things running. and Oh, yeah, this just there's so many little engines going on that it was it's just brilliant. And the way uh, the placement of these little tiles, which represent, you know, all these upgrades that you can do. Uh, picture the space station, but the bulk of the space space station are the solar panels that's where you place all these little um, uh, kind of engines or computers or specialties that come with the with the each uh, country uh, asymmetric uh, powered country so the the reason i love that one is the more stuff the better Mm. (laughs) right now the one that that helped kind of take a good game and not make it better but give it more dimension is parks the nightfall expansion Mm. And parks such I I mean, uh, I think Ian talked about it and he's he said it's very Takaido-esque and it is that, um, hands down. And parks uh adds this little ability to uh set up a tent and then go off on a little kind of side tangent. Um didn't didn't uh doesn't take away from the game, but adds a nice dimension to it. And um, One that would be on the list, but I haven't played it yet, is Glenmore 2 Highland Chronicles, because it takes Mm. my gorgeous Glenmore 2 game and makes it solo play. Nice.
1: Yeah, I heard that there was a solo play module Yeah, that was incorporated into that one. Yeah. When you're talking about these two, I realized I don't really think I picked up expansions to my actual board games this year. I just, all my expansions were like the Marvel Add-ons. champions packs yeah. and the um, Arkham horror um, stuff. I'm really racking my brain about <laughs> what an, like an expansion that yeah. I got this year. <laughs> well, and I mean, a lot of times too, because you, uh,
0: I, I understand you do a lot of Kickstarter, <laughs> No, but um, you just automatically check off the, the expansions, right? So it just all comes with it. So
1: there you go. All right. What's the next one? What's the next one? How about your favorite experience, gaming experience from 2021, with the full understanding that, yeah, we were still... Oh, this is still pandemic. We're, 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 still, we're still, yeah, kind of in that. End. But we still had... You had some good ones here that I see that you listed down, and I had a couple good ones here, too. Yeah. Do you, do, you want me, do you want me to go? Yeah, kick it off. All right.
0: So, like you said, um, we are, geez, deep as far as years go. We're deep, but um, <laughs> not just months. We're years into the pandemic now, and uh, socially, we've we've uh, um, tried to take care of ourselves as a collective whole in regards to vaccinations and so on and so forth. And uh, so that the idea of having your 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 bubbles, right? Your your social bubbles, and um, uh, with that understanding, um, was was very comfortable to uh, uh, adapt my garage into a a winterized gaming garage, and of course, you know, wood carving shop and so so on and so forth. But uh, regular Wednesday night game night, oh man, that is my that is just such a favorite uh, um, uh, 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 part of my week because. Uh, that's that. This is what I love about this hobby: is the social engagement, and now we get to do this responsibly. And uh, and now, I, and of course, I mean, Ryan, you've been in, in the the game table in the garage. It's like a four by eight sheet of plywood that I got on a on a big. <laughs> so it's like physically, I'm making sure that we're spread out. And there's, I mean, I'm I'm being super responsible just because of my background with Daniel's health. So. Uh, yeah that's not a question at all and the second one for me so yeah regular gaming night oh I so miss it so much um but the second one for me is uh having two uh regular d and d campaigns that i'm running and one of them is with the Stevenson family and the other one is with my now again i'm gonna be showing my age here um with my original d and d group from the 90s
1: <laughs>
0: and uh so really? out of the, yeah out of the blue. I was just like you know what i i I started getting this thing figured out on all you know have the cameras and the lighting and the space and uh kind of figured out a multimedia integration way of of doing this and uh this has turned out to be such a uh uh and i'm gonna get a little serious here but um and for everybody going through this probably it's, it's gonna be on point but this was such a needed balance to my mental health to be able to i'm going to use the word commune with friends of mine from like you know from the 90s from like deep history where all of a sudden the the zoom screen dissolved and it was just having this interaction and this connected collaborative story i think it was i mean dnd i love it because of the collaborative storytelling but to be able to do this with my friends again was was it is um, to me one of the my biggest highlights of, of this year so far. So my voice is getting I'm getting I'm getting a bit clapped. Talk amongst yourselves.
1: <laughs> have a coffee. Uh, have a coffee.
0: Talk amongst yourselves.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, and I'm going to be hopping on the same. Not that I'm going with the nostalgia because we used of, to of, watch the older, of, of, of the old friends, but this past mm. year really made new friends. Yeah, like, And and I would have never thought in like a million years that in a pandemic where Jen and I, we've been really hunkered down here. Mm-hmm. We got really, we got really, really young kids that we've been taking oh. care of and making sure that they've been safe and protected. So I haven't been venturing out into, and I can't wait till I get to that Wednesday night game night yeah. again because Clank Legacy is still waiting for yeah. us. It's a <laughs> Yeah. So, but I ended up making some new friends, which I never thought would actually happen. Um, One thing that I didn't put on on here that um, Rob from the Meeple Dungeon and Jason from Dice and Dragons, um, we started off, we started doing these uh, YouTube like rant sessions, sessions. therapy sessions about Kickstarters and crowdfunding campaigns. So And they have been like a, a lot of fun now. I haven't been able to join in on the conversations a lot lately because things are just, timing is just mm-hmm. horrible, horrible Under, in yeah. these months. Yeah. Um, and, we, and we teach, right? So the, the, you add that one and it's like, hey, that's a crazy roller coaster. <laughs> so um, really enjoyed doing the Kickstarter crowdfunding access <laughs> or value shows. Um, but then also just like getting to know Rob. Yeah. from the meeple dungeon and when we did the ashes reborn challenge it was really really a lot of fun Um, i figured out all the technical stuff like I've, i did a crash course in obs and streaming um over the summer yeah to get that all figured out and i think they turned out okay oh you dialed it, was, it in man yeah but production value aside like it was very amateur but man did we have a ton of fun and then we were That's- just like even after stream after the cards were all laid down and everything like that, we would sit there and we would talk for like another good hour after the cameras were off rolling. And it was just good just to kind of sit there. You kind of know this. Whenever we had guests on, Yeah. when we had like Friday yeah. night games on and we had um, like even just bored on the air, we just sit and we just chat afterwards because it was just so nice. Oh, yeah. We'd just go off the on tangents. Yeah. And then I got to play with um, Riley Stock from the board game community show. Um, Got to play some Arkham Horror with him because he would just got into the game. And again, it was the exact same thing. Production value of the show aside, it was the chats afterwards. Oh, yeah. That would just go on for another hour, hour and a half. Um, Midnight, hour time (laughs) would be the time that I'm going to bed. And I wouldn't trade those experiences, what we did there uh, for anything. Just meeting some new people yeah. that, are gonna, that I can call friends and that I'm going to be able to hopefully see someday. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, and and the, the thing is, is you've never met Rob in person. I've never met, and I've never met Riley in person. Yeah. It's just all been on camera. Yeah, like I, I had
0: the opportunity to meet Robin and Anna Marie um, in Vancouver prior to the fa- pandemic, so I can't wait for you to actually meet those guys now i want to just kind of piggyback a little bit because um your uh your friendship with rob this is another experience that i'm thankful for is the what you've been playing wednesday and the and the community that developed from that and that whole sense of uh of of coming together and and celebrating the same thing and talking and yeah like that's how Jason connection Rob and Rob and Chris and yeah, there's yeah, yes. Matt yes. Matt and John. Yeah, like Chad. Can, I think we're like up to 14, 15 different uh, um uh Canadian content creators that uh collaborate. Con- yep.
1: <laughs> I could keep the alliteration going. <laughs> and it's and it like it's amazing just this yeah. past week. 52. We did one, one episode a week. I know. All of 2021. I know. 52 episodes. Yeah, I was
0: cranking out uh, two podcasts a week for a year straight. And it's just like, good thing we're in a
1: lockdown. <laughs> 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 cool. Oh, yeah. So that, it was a pretty good year. Yeah. Pretty good year.
0: I mean, considering what, the restraints that we've been put under, the fact that we've been able to, to, to connect with or,
1: people. This episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry leading technology, Breakout Escapes, Escape Rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at dot at breakout escapes and game lounge. They believe that life is more fun when you play games.
0: We didn't really talk about this one in the opener, but I like the, uh, I like what we're going to segue into. So why don't you surprise us with what's going on next?
1: Yeah. So when people are listening to this episode, my annual Twitter feed will have run its course and every New Year's Eve I count it down starting at three o'clock going till midnight um, I count down my top 10 favorite games of the year Well we're gonna do that right now why yeah. if you don't follow me on Twitter if you don't li- listen to us and on Twitter and everything like that it might motivate them to hey I'm
0: gonna go listen to the podcast and catch all of them so absolutely for me I'm not I'm gonna spend
1: maybe 10 15 seconds on each of them because because you know, Oh yeah, uh, yeah. This yeah. If you if you want to listen to our full thoughts, go check out some of these games in the past year. We've talked about most yeah. of them, I believe, at some point in time. So yeah. Top 10 uh-huh. of 2021. The top 10 games that we actually played, though. Yeah. I I, I liked your caveat. There's just still so many games that we have not played from yeah. 2021. But these are the ones that we did play. And I actually realized that I did play quite a few. I think I had I think I was, I think I played 22. Oh, wow. 2021 cool. games. Cool. So now, I, I have a yeah. So I cut away half of them. Uh, if you want,
0: I'll start first, which will give you the last uh, the last uh, call out of the sure. games. All right. Um, and like you said, uh, had, had I been able to play more, there'd be, I quickly put uh, the games that I know. If I played them, I know they'd make my list. And that's Sleeping Gods. Uh, Carnegie, Hadrian's Wall, and Boone Lake. Um, I know if I played those, they'd be on this list. So, but my number 10 is Alien, Fate of the Nostromo. And uh, that one is designed by Scott Rogers and published by Ravensburger. And it is um, Alien. You're on the ship and you're trying to, It's it's basically a cooperative game of survival. And like everyone... There's lots of way to lose and one way to win. So Mm -hmm. Alien, Fate of the Nostromo.
1: Okay. My number 10 from designer Luke Laurie and Tom Jolly, which is kind of like the science fiction expert kind of guy brought in on the team. Um, Cryo was my number 10 game. A really unique type of worker placement game. This one, when it came out, it was either you loved it or you hated it. There was not much middle ground, but man, I dug it. It was a really cool theme of the spaceship has crashed. And now you are these fighting factions trying to go out and get all the salvageable materials and make your way into the caverns before the planet actually freezes because that's the only way you're going to score points is if you actually get your guys into the caverns. Cool. And yeah, worker placement through and through with that kind of unique mechanism that once you bring back your workers, you actually get to take actions on your player board as well. So there's not, it's not a wasted thing to bring back your workers. Cool. I got to try that one.
0: All right. My number nine is Tenors Trail by Martin Wallace and published by Alley Cat Games. And this one, it's Martin Wallace, ah, done, okay. Um, uh, This one is set in like the 19th century Cornwall and it's during the uh, mining times of uh, tin and copper. And you're buying plots of land and you're trying to mine and you're trying to get this economy going and it's Martin Wallace. And it is, uh, yeah, it's all about that connectivity of resources to economics, to poverty, to dread, to I can't play this game. No, I love it. So that's uh, Tenner's Trail. Nice.
1: My number nine by Pandasaurus Games, which was brew, yeah, the, the absolutely most mean. Yeah, meanest, I think I think the meanest of all the games that are on this list. Yeah. Um, but man, we. Like, Jen and I, when I was putting together this list, she's like, you got to mention that. She's like, it's not my my absolute favorite, but, man, did we have a blast just, like, blasting each other. Oh, you beat the snot out of each other. Once you realize that it's, it's a cute little game, but you're slugging it out. Yeah, cool. Like, when one of your actions or one of the things that you can do is literally burn the world around <laughs> you, you know you're in for a good time. Yeah, you caught <laughs> me off guard with that one. <laughs> so, yeah, brew... Pandasaurus games, cute game, cute art, very, very mean dice placement type of game. But yeah, it was, it's fantastic. It had to make my list. Cool. Um, uh, My, what number are we on here? Number seven?
0: Eight. No, number eight. Number eight. Uh, mine is the only game that I own that has an emoji in the title. <laughs> and uh, that's, I think it's called Bullet Heart. And um. It is uh, a, a space heroines uh, defend the planet. Falling rocks. Um, it's that idea of uh, of uh, of columns, and you've got uh, uh, you know things coming at you, and you, it's an abstract game where you have to start eliminating things and uh, moving items into position uh, for uh, either elimination or scoring and survival. And uh, it it's I went into this thinking it was a toe to toe kind of thing, but it's a, such a cool abstract puzzle um, that is uh, aggressive every turn. So uh, I bought it because it was a big solo fa- uh, favorite with a lot of people and for good reason. So, yeah. Cool. Bullet heart.
1: I've, I've never heard
0: of this. I know, right? There's a few people that I like to follow that were like, oh, this is flying under the radar. You need to try this. This is such a good solo oh, it's, game. Oh, uh,
1: it's level 99 games. They kind yeah. of always have that kind of like um, Sorry. Video game aesthetic. Yeah, yeah.
0: I didn't mention Everything it. Yeah, good. level 99 and designed by Joshua Van L- uh, Lanningham. And cool. yeah, well, th- that makes sense because it plays like a video
1: game, like Space Invaders kind of thing. So, yay. Nice. Uh, my number eight. There is a lot of people that this one's not making their top list because they have such issues with some of the mechanisms. (laughs) But Jen and I, as a two-player experience, fell in love with this. We actually just played it just like the other night as Mm -hmm. well, just on our Christmas break here. And that is Eric Lang's finale in his trilogy, which is Onk, Gods of Egypt, Mm -hmm. which, I know, big Simon Kickstarter um we haven't played with most of the expansion material we have uh incorporated some of like the extra guardians and stuff like that but um really kind of neat dudes on the map very um area control ish with these like i don't know it's got its own brand of the air control thing that's going on you really have to maneuver and position your guys in the right places to score yeah and yeah, we really enjoyed it. There are scenarios in the scenario book that are made for two players, and they work phenomenally. Cool. Yeah, you were with, saying that. With, with the two-player experience. I have yet to play this with more player games. I have not experienced the merge, Yeah, the most controversial mechanic that this game <laughs> has to offer. I have not experienced it yet, but I don't think you have to play with it. Yeah, you can just play this game just as just as is at as face is. value, and I think it's fantastic. Nice, so, Ankh, number eight. All right, my number seven um, is I'm a big fan of the RPG
0: and the D and D and the whole uh, thing. And uh, when uh, Lucky Duck Games uh, came out with Destinies, designed by uh, Michael Goblowski and Philip Melunsky. I think I got those. <laughs> um uh, I was all over it and had gorgeous minis and it's uh, Lucky Duck known for their QR code driven uh game systems. Uh they took the their their Chronicles of Crime uh engine I guess and turned it into a fantasy adventure uh game system and boy did they do a great job with this. Um I I enjoy Now again you're going into it knowing that it's app-driven, so you, you 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 know, gotta understand that. Um, and it's very much a choose-your-own-adventure uh, puzzle, because because you need something here to go over here to access this to get this in order to finish this scenario. And uh, yeah, I have so much fun with
1: it, destinies. Lucky yeah, Genius. I played this one too. It didn't make my top ten. I I played through the base game, thought it was fine enough. It was mm-hmm. it's really good. It would have been made my short list. I think you got distracted with Descent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was my number seven, Destinies. My number seven was one of the Stolmeyer releases this year on an IP that I have no, no knowledge of. Yeah. But the gameplay is fantastic enough that it is making its way onto this list, and that was Red Rising, and it was my first um, uh, experience with this, what they refer, to, what they kind of refer to as like the fantasy realms of the play a card, pick a card type of um, gameplay, because your hand size really does not grow unless if there's a special character yeah. in your in your hand. So growing your hand size is very very rare. Um, and losing cards is very rare. So, what you're and what you're trying to do is just kind of combo the cards together yeah. and progress on these tracks and collect some resources to score points galore. Yeah, because this one card in itself might be worth 15 points, but if it's paired with another yeah. particular card, it's now worth 50 yeah. points. Yeah, and I was like, that's a crazy thing. Um, the initial learning of the game, we kind of spent more time reading the mm-hmm. cards than we did actually playing the cards. But after a while, we kind of started to figure out the flow and trying to, you know, yeah, Agreed. OK, these, these are the cards to ditch. These are yeah. the cards to play for the deploy effects and stuff like that. And but,
0: considering the synergy in your
1: hands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I have the collector's edition, which I thought was way too over the top. You do not <laughs> you need the collector's edition of this game. Base retail version for like the thirty-five to forty dollars, whatever it is, fantastic enough. You're gonna Absolutely. get so much gameplay out of it. Totally agree. Yeah. And the reason Red I, Rising. the reason
0: I totally agree with you is because at number six, I also <laughs> have Red Rising for our all first the- crossover. Yay! For all the same reasons you said, um, and uh, I'm I'm so um, intrigued by the IP that I want to track that stuff down and have a read to it so that I can understand the thematic connection of all these factions and how they play together. So yeah, Red Rising. Cool. That's my number six. Awesome.
1: Stonemaier games, Jamie Stegmeyer. My number six is honestly, I think it's becoming our most played game of 2021. And that is from the fantastic folks at Flatout Games and published by AEG. And that is 10 by Molly Johnson, um, Sean Stankwich, and Robert Melvin. Melvin, Robert Melvin. Yes, that's it. <laughs> um, Regan requests to play this game daily. Nice. Which is, I, I think that makes it. Now now that I'm actually looking at my list, I think I probably should have ranked it higher, but I think some of these other games do. I had a much better experience with them, Mm -hmm. but only just because as of late, all Regan asked to play this game, and 10 is a very simple set-collecting game of just trying to create runs of numbers in certain colors. And there's a push-your-luck mechanic to it, and there's a little bit of auctioning that goes on with it. Fantastic what they're doing at Flatout Games and the types of games that yep. they design automatically always going to go to the top of my list of I need to check this out. Agreed. And 10, no exception. I see this game has got to make is making lists around the world for good measure. Okay, so let's not be confused. 10 at number 6. Not number six at
0: game 10 at number six at number six. Okay. (laughs) All right, my number five. Uh, My number five is, I mentioned this in my expansions, and this one is Intrepid, designed by Jeff Beck and Jeff Krauss, published by Uproarist Games. And uh, Intrepid is the story of you, um, and for me, because I play the solo, but you and whoever's playing the game, surviving aboard the International Space Station um, uh, cooperatively, as it gets thrashed, event after event, and you are trying to um, uh, get resources each round to prolong your ability to, to, to stay alive in the, in, the, in the 220 miles above Earth. So um, yeah, I've played this a couple times, and it is uh, I, I love a solo game that um, thumps me like, like forces me to get good at the game. And this is a, a game that does that hands down. And uh, I love the space theme and I couldn't pass this one up. So yeah, well done. Intrepid. Need. Never really heard much about that one. Um, the Jeff Beck is connected to uh, Tim Fowers of the paperback and hard. Oh, okay. And okay. Google brothers, I guess it is. Yes. Yeah. So that's where his design lineage comes from.
1: Okay. All right. Uh my number five is Jen's second most Ooh. favorite game of 2021. And we did have a ton of fun of this one. Um realize it hasn't hit the table in a, quite some time, but we when we were playing it, it was fantastic. Yeah. And this is the abstract game on the list that is the abstract game of 2021, I believe. And that's Mandala Stones. Yeah. Um, published by Borden Dice. And The the puzzle of this game is absolutely phenomenal of which order you're going to stack the stones in, because when you go to start collecting them, um, the the order actually matters when you start making the stacks on your player board, because depending on what color is at what height will depend on the points that you're going to end up scoring. And you can score all of one particular color at a time. Um, yeah. And wherever it is on the certain heights of these stacks and man, it is thinky. like when you yeah. see it's initially set up all these columns of all these yeah. colored discs everywhere. You're like, I have no idea where to start. <laughs> and they it's, have two different patterns on them. Yeah. It's a crazy dimensional puzzle. That's for sure. So, so Mandala stones, it's beautiful to look at the table presence is amazing. Um, Definitely, definitely. If you have a chance to wait, uh, anybody who's into those abstracts um, have to check this one out. It is right. fantastic.
0: Right on, right on. Number four, uh, one of my favorite designers, Martin Wallace, and uh, uh, um, this one is uh, Rocket Men, uh, produced by or uh, published by Phalanx Games. And um, this is, now we're getting back to Martin Walls. This is deck building, this is car drafting, this is a race. You represent uh, different countries racing to meet objectives and it's basically a race for points. And uh, um, all of these, uh, you have three destinations, the moon, earth orbit, moon, Mars, moon, Mars, uh, sorry, earth orbit, moon, and mars there we go i'm fumbling over my words and uh and each of these locations there are four to five different uh uh, objectives that you can complete according to your cards and i think um what is brilliant about this is the cards also represent your launch pad accumulation of resources for you to make that launch and successfully get to that objective and there's oh man i uh i enjoy this game so much because it plays fast, um, it plays smart, and it plays. There's so much variability into it. So,
1: uh, Martin Wallace, Rocket Man. Yeah, I got the one play in uh, this year, and it, I I enjoy it. It was really, it was a really neat take on the deck building um, genre. It was really, and, yeah, really cool. And the launch cards too. I mean, you shuffle this little deck
0: of launch cards, and you and you draw, and and it has the points of how you progress. So,
1: yeah, there's a push your. Oh, there's such a delicious push your luck in this game. So. Hmm. Yeah, Rocketman. My number four, I'm not going to talk much about it because I talked a lot about it (laughs) on the last episode in episode 112. And that's from Capstone Games, and that was Imperial Steam. Wow, 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 what a deep... And deli- like the deep and the McCain's deep and delicious cake <laughs> <Here> <laughs> is what it was. Um, the train game that made me, it might make me a train gamer eventually. Um, but it's the train game that's more Euro-ish in yeah. its style and presentation. And yeah, go check out my thoughts about it. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I said it was game of one of the games of the year. Here it is. It's yeah. sitting in the top five of 2021. Yeah. Um, definitely have to check that one out.
0: Yeah, you went deep into it. That was awesome. Cool. Now uh ooh, are we top 3? Top 3. Top 2021. Three. My number 3 um is a game that I kickstarted because the theme uh would appeal to me. I love my fishing. And uh this one is Public Market designed by Molly Johnson, Robert Melvin, Sean Stanwich. You know these guys. I know these three. Um, and uh art by Beth Sobel. Yay and um uh, uh published by talent strike studios and it is the uh, pacific northwest coast uh and we'll i'll be talking about that area again in this mm. uh in this list but uh it is you're going out in a ship you're trying to catch some fish and the way it's like a, it's like a polyomino vertical market of um these fish combinations that you put into your ice box that you bring back to the market and you sell and you try to get cards and points and everything is so beautifully connected and there's so much tracks and Euro depth and 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 challenges. And it plays great solo and it plays great at three players. And um, I this game is so much fun. I I, I, I love putting this game to the table um,
1: public market. Do some, do some fishing. Go out for some fish. This one is a high on my want list. Actually. I think you picked it, was, it up, didn't you? It was so high that I got it for Christmas. Yay. Cool. Yep. You're going to have to so Christmas fun. wish. Put it on my Christmas wish list just because of the trio of designers. Oh, I said, man. I have to play it. I yeah. have to. Yeah. I've, I've loved everything that they've put out. I have to play it. <laughs> So You're I gonna got have my Christmas so pile. much fun, so much fun. Okay. Public market. My top three. I didn't even realize this. That all three top three are campaign games. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, all right? I'm I'm a sucker. If it's a campaign game and it comes out in a particular year, it's most likely making my top list. Uh-huh. And in this case, number three was Fantasy Flight's newest rendition of Descent: Legends of the Dark, which takes its Descent series. It's not the third edition; it's a brand new um, edition into this universe. Yeah. And man, did they nail this thing! This there is so much immersion. And that's help that helps with the 3D terrain that you put together and that you build your scenarios with. Like yeah. um, I've only managed to play my way through maybe about eight scenarios. Scenarios are quite lengthy, yeah, and quite physically large. I <laughs> just showed well. some pictures, it was like that's a table hog, but it's gorgeous. Oh, it looks so good. You can get into um, a lot of people are complaining that you can't really get into the role playing because depending on the scenario you pick, you, uh, you're locked out of character choices. So yeah. like this one is like, oh no, you, this one has to be like the lizard guy and the, uh, dwarf. So yeah. if I was always playing as the human, well, I can't play as that character in this. Scenario. It doesn't matter. I'm get to build the story with all of the nice. characters and nice. I get to follow their true. And then, yeah, then it's all app assisted. Love that because after this campaign's done, I just take the iPad into the next room, sit on the couch and do all of the other stuff like trade in my resources, (laughs) buy my items, (laughs) upgrade my characters. Love it. Love it. And there's a lot of things that they can do with the scenarios only can be done with an app. There's a lot of different things like, spoiler alert, one scenario, like the terrain starts falling apart on you like sections of the map are physically like, and it's telling you exactly what is happening. If you were standing here and that place is now destroyed. Oh, like it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Cool. Only can be done with an app. Cool. All right.
0: My number two. Uh, yeah. And you know what, my number two, I'm proud to say some fellow Canadians mm-hmm. um, uh, and that is uh Mind Management, designed by Jay Cormier and Zinh Lim, published by Off the Page Games, a new publishing company of both said designers. And uh, this is taken, and i got to mention, Matt Kent, who's the artist. And also, uh, because of Off the Page Games, it's based off of Matt Kent's graphic novel of the same title. Now, I've not read, um, uh, sorry, the, the complete title is Mind Manage the Psychic Espionage Game. Now it is hidden movement, one versus many. Uh, I used to be a big fan of <laughs> Whitechapel, but this completely erased it off of my uh, my it, it bumped it off the shelf. And um, yeah, there is so much crazy death. We interviewed both of them and and got a chance to talk about uh, the design process uh, with this. and uh, yeah, this totally steps up. this this is by far, uh one of my favorite uh, games of this year so mind management the psychic espionage game well done on the design and the
1: art my, my number two is also by someone we interviewed and got to talk to this year yes and my number two game uh the experience of this was so it's so cool um and that is the initiative by Kno- cory kanitska and by his new publishing um, studio, um, Unexpected Games. And your number two and my number two are kind of linked by, you know, you this the psychic espionage thing. Yeah. This, this one's all about like puzzles and yeah. code cracking. And yeah, we've played through the base campaign style of the initiative where you're solving puzzles and doing this really nifty card um, action selection system. Uh, and yeah, the story was really cool. But what was really the 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 piece de la resistance of this game was the meta game outside of the game. Yeah, that's puzzles. So much fun. The puzzles and code breaking outside of the actual gameplay was, I think, now looking back, is the most beautiful part of this game. And that when you're done the campaign, once you've unlocked all of the stuff there is to unlock then there's a whole nother game afterwards that is all about this code breaking and trying to solve this overall meta puzzle and, and and have we, we have not finished the meta. We come, we come back to it every now and then I still have my notebook (laughs) over on the shelf beside it with all my little notes and everything like that. So I really want to hopefully this week, um, hopefully when Jen gets some time that we can sit down in the evening, I want to do want to finish the puzzle. Before the end of 2021 uh, but uh yeah the initiative if you have not I've just been following him on Twitter um, it's being getting released in multiple languages now going around the yeah. world yeah which is really quite cool to see the initiative it does carry a heavy heavy price tag but it is worth the investment believe me yeah cool
0: and it was so much fun interviewing Corey that was that was such pleasure. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. My number one game of the 2021
1: best, best games of 2021.
0: Here we go. Probably, I think I think we could call this our, our sweetheart publisher of the year is flat out games. And mm-hmm. uh, this one's designed by Randy Flynn and artist by Beth Sobel. And it's Cascadia. And uh, it is the Pacific Northwest. And it is uh, the second in the series of uh, of, the, of this game system started with uh, Calico and Cascadia, and finishing with Verdant coming out soon. But Cascadia is uh, a map building of terrain type, and you're trying to have the connectivity and and have the you know uh, most tiles of this terrain connected because that scores points. What else scores points is on these terrain types are um, animals that are able to occupy these uh, terrain areas and not only that but these animal cards that are so variable um, have patterns that will score different kind of points and sometimes there's some crazy synergy that happens with the random draw of these animal cards and sometimes there is such a difficult puzzle to solve uh, um, with uh, with these animal cards now the cool part is that there's a market that comes out with the, with the tiles and the animals. And there's one little rule breaker where you have an acorn. That's it. There's a little acorn that changes the rules to this. And it's such a smooth game, smooth system. Um, yeah, this has probably had the most plays. And I, it, it's such a fun game at solo all the way to, uh, to through all the iterations of the player count. So if you've not played this yet, um, the, yeah,
1: give it a try.
0: It's such a fun game.
1: Yeah, this one's making tons of lists this year. And I believe for good reasons. I have not played it, but I've heard you. I think it's probably your most most talked about game yeah. on the podcast this past year. It, it, it's been that and Calico. You you rant and rave about Calico yeah. as well. But man, I need to get in on these. I got in on the Verdant Kickstarter. So I think I might oh, cool. pick up the Kickstarter editions of these other games um, as well. Yeah, well, I'll lend them to you. You can give them a try, and then you can decide.
0: But I know you—you'll get them. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I got a feeling. I got <laughs> a funny feeling that I might love them a lot. Yeah, you
0: got a <laughs> feeling.
1: Okay, so you're number one, by hands down. So I forgot to mention that the initiative was Jen's favorite game of the year. The initiative was my favorite gaming experience of this year was Sleeping Gods by Ryan Lockett and Red Raven Games. Whole crap (laughs) was the narrative experience of this game it's a table hog and managing all the characters in a solo run-through is quite daunting yeah but man the adventure sorry adventures i do i did two playthroughs of this um the adventures that i came across in this world that he has developed (gasps) he's amazing It's fantastic. And now the story of Sleeping Gods was that you have been kind of sucked into this realm that is kind of like shares the universe of like above and below and and far and stuff like that. This world building is awesome. Yeah. You've been sucked into this world where the only way to get home is to find these totems uh, that will awaken the gods to help you get back home. And that there has been many other travelers that have come and have never succeeded. So they're pretty much telling you, you are going to die in this in this world. And um, I'll let you know, my very first campaign, I was not successful <laughs> in finding the totems. The second one, I was Ooh. successful. And I didn't even go the same route. Nice. Um, of, and I got to see a whole other part of the world. That's why one of my main things. Because your first playthrough, you're only going to see a fraction of what he came up with. Yeah. And, oh, the way that he, I, I thought when I was reading about it, very ambitious project. Very mm-hmm. ambitious. Mm-hmm. But he pulled it off Nice. in this one. And so my number one gaming experience and favorite game of 2021 was Sleeping Gods by Ryan Lockett, Red Raven Games. Congrats. I want to see him do this more. Yeah, I want to see what, what what he can do next. Yeah, see, uh, yeah, I I I love the stuff he puts out, and uh, that's
0: why I said I haven't played this yet, and it would easily hit my list. So, oh, this would
1: easily—I don't know where it would rank amongst Mind Management and Cascadia for you. This one might be a, like a number three of the year, okay, at least a top three. All right, cool. Once you get it, once you get to play it, cool. Well, there's our two, t- there's, oh, I got all those lists out. Uh, wow, that, that, that was quite the year of 2021.
0: Yeah, well, and like I in my notes, I said, uh, when I was going through this list, I didn't realize that I played that many. And then, like you said, and realized that there are so
1: many other games that I want to play, too. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was crazy. Even in a year where it was harder to find games and games coming into Canada was at a much slower pace than it usually was, still got in quite a few. Cool solo and two-player and blah blah blah, yada yada yada. Well, right on. Well, that you know what that's taken
0: us to the uh, the end of our uh, end of our segment here, and uh, as always, we we'd like to say thank you. We like to say thank yous. So thank you for listening. We, we do and sorrys and sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry.
1: So, uh, that being said, I'm your host, Norm. And I've been (laughs) 2021. And we'll catch (laughs) you later. Happy New Year's, folks. Happy New Year.
0: This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon, You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek Guild number 3039.